0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Bikini and the Brain. I'm here with the bikini. That's me. The, the goat, Ashley Kaltwasser. Bah.
1: Bah. <laughs> I don't know what goats do. Goats it, are kind of, they're interesting animals. They they can climb on mountains, you know, like vertical. Yeah. And um, I love the fainting goats. That's my favorite type of goat, the kind that faint, like when they're startled. And they just stiffen up. And then there's also the screaming goats, Oh yeah, very wide variety of goats. Yeah, you, you know, know the uh,
0: the fainting goats are the ones they use as scapegoats. Oh, they yes. put those in with um, with sheep, and so they're small. So when when a wolf comes in to chase the sheep, the fainting goat will be easy prey. Oh, and they're small, and I guess they just consider them easy, less desirable. I don't know, oh, I don't but know. they put them in with with like things like that, so they faint, and then the wolf eats that versus eating their sheep, which I guess are more valuable. Who knows? Hmm.
1: Scapegoat. Very fascinating. There you go. Yeah, don't we be one of those. We learned something
0: today. <laughs> don't be, don't oh, be one of those. Okay, yes, I don't
1: want to be one of
0: those. <laughs> yeah, those are not, but they're so cute too. I
1: just don't know how they survived like yeah. evolution. Right? <laughs> like, what, a, what a crappy defense mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> right? How, do, how are they still here? I don't know. Yeah, you makes <laughs> you
0: think, right? You're right. That's, oh. How does that happen? So uh, we have a, you know, Pippi, we call her the goat because she just crawls all over us. Like there's like uh, my dog, Pippi, we call her goat because she just, for some reason, has no concept of this is someone's face. I shouldn't walk on it. Like, we're is on that a what man- goats do? They just walk all over everything. They jump on everything. That. Yeah, they jump on cars. They jump, but Pippi uh, will be like laying on the couch, and she'll just like walk on her face and like walk to get to wherever she gets like. there's no concept. Of- so
1: rude. She needs some manners. <laughs> we have to like we,
0: we try to teach her. She doesn't seem to get it. It's so funny.
1: Definitely needs some manners. Yeah. It's,
0: so. so rude. <laughs> <laughs> rude doggo. Oh. So uh, today's podcast. We are talking about analyzing your strengths and weaknesses, not physically, but mentally. Yes. And I think and that... And quirks.
1: And quirks. You know, personality traits and quirks.
0: Yeah. And I think that this is a good a good episode to have some self-reflection on, some self-assessment on, see where you need to work on certain areas. Um, as I've gotten older, I've, I've noticed more and more of mine, they're just more identifiable, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can when I identify them, I can work on them better, you know? And I think it's important to notice that, hey, this is a weakness of yours. Mm -hmm. You need to be stronger here and, you know, assess it. And I think everyone who's a competitor, too, really needs to do this.
1: Yes, absolutely. Even, like, the things that we don't necessarily consider, like, personality traits or whatever, just, like, quirks, little things that we do, things that we like, things that we don't like, um, that kind of have an impact on our overall success. So... Um, This is a good piggyback off of last week's episode about mental um, strengths and, you know, and are you mentally stronger than you think? This is going to kind of dive into more of our individualized uh, things. And also we can kind of take a little look at uh, what personality traits in general are good for success. So, you know, a good little follow up from last week.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Heck yeah. So um, we all have personality traits that like help us or can hold us back or sometimes it's neutral it can help in some circumstances and 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 hurt us in others so um you know with that being said I think I wrote down this little list of some of mine I'll, I'll go first some of my I think things that help me um you know become a successful athlete or a successful person in general and this is just something that I've noticed about myself and feel free to chime in because I uh, maybe I'm doing things that I don't realize or I'm perceived a different way than what I think. Um, but I put number one on my list is I'm very reliable. Like Super. if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it some way. Somehow I'm going to freaking do it. If I if I say, it, yes, I'm doing this, you better believe I'll be there and I'll be early. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I yeah. would say I would agree with that. And I think that that is in itself um, – Not that you're so, it's not just that you're reliable, it's just that you stick to a goal and you commit, like even how, and this is something that I've, and you've made me better at this too, because I know, you know, if Ashley says we're going to check-ins at four o'clock, I need to be at the elevator at 345 at the latest. And if I'm not, <laughs> she's going to go there without me. Like, that's just how it is, you know? And so, okay, four o'clock means I need to be at her room 345, not 346. Like, that's how it goes with Ashley. And it's great. I love it too, because it makes me better too. And makes me act like that more in my day. But it's not no so much just that you're reliable. It's that small goals are just as important as big goals in terms of commitment to you. There's mm-hmm. no variable, like, variance of commitment level. And I think that that's a strong um, thing to look at for being a successful person. And, you know, you're... You don't have a variance on commitment, even though it's like, oh, okay, I'll get the check-ins at four. Adam, meet me at three forty-five in my room. It's like that's the same thing as Adam. Hey, we're going. We're heading down to the Olympia at three forty-five. Even if it's just, hey, we're heading to opposing seminar at three forty-five for whoever, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's the same level of commitment. It doesn't vary with you very much, you know. Right. So totally,
1: especially when it comes to like committing to a person. Like if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You know. So it's very important to me.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's a part of the reason for your success is that is that, you know, just mm-hmm. the, the commitment part of it. And, you know, setting a plan and saying, hey, I'm going to do this, and then you do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, life takes over and you do have to, like, change plans. And I really try not to do that, you know. Um, whenever I do have to change plans, even if it's something as simple as, like, an appointment or something, I've, I do feel bad about mm-hmm. it. Um, but I, I try my best to, you know, keep the... What I always say, I don't just talk the talk. I walk the walk. If yeah. I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So I will try everything in my power to kind of make things work um, if I say I want to do it. So yeah. what do you think your number one uh, personality trait is that got you to where you are today?
0: You know, um, before we jump that, I want to jump into one more thing on that commitment thing that you're talking about. Because I've talked about it in a podcast probably a long time ago, but it just it just got me thinking of another successful, very successful competitor so this one was with Sean Roden. Right. And one time I was talking to him and he was saying that same thing about commitment and times and not just commitment of you to other people, but commitment to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and it was really cool. it, it was a really like s- short conversation that one was, um, but it really stuck with me, you know, and um it's because I was, it stuck with me because I told you, I was, I, I've said this story to you before, I was actually recording it because it got so good and then I realized I wasn't recording, I just turned the, the thing on no. and I wish I had it, especially now, you know. But he was talking to another uh, a pro that I was working with um, and he, he was telling her, he's, I was like, what, what advice would you give her, you know, um, and he said, you know, the, the thing is, as you get more successful as a pro and as you start becoming more successful in the industry, you're gonna start traveling more and more things are gonna get in the way of things. So you need to, if you say, you know, if you work out at nine o'clock every day, that just needs to be your thing. You work out at nine o'clock every day. Even if you jump on a plane and you don't land till 1030, then you go right to the gym because that's still on your time that you're supposed to be working out. You already missed that time. So you go right to the gym. You never give yourself a second to miss a commitment to yourself or miss that moment to yourself that you gave, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, that was, you know, when you think of things, even little things like that, you, you're not going to be that person. That is, oh, I missed my workout today because it's too late. Oh, it's, my, it's missed my workout today because it's too late. Oh, I, dang it, I didn't get my food in today. Like you just, when you're regimented <laughs> and scheduled like that, you know. And we we've all seen that, right? As as coaches and whatnot too, is people like, oh, I was just got so busy I couldn't work out. I couldn't. I didn't eat my food because I was, I'm like, no, it's not that you didn't eat your food because you are too busy. It's because you planned poorly yeah. and you weren't committed to the day, right, yeah. that type of thing. So You know
1: what's funny, too, is like now that you say that, I remember one scenario where I think I was getting back from a trip or something. I was really, t- like, no, really tired, and I said, Adam, I don't think I can do the podcast. I'm way too tired today, and then I, like, sent that to you, and then, like, oh, okay, that's fine. I could do it myself, and then I sat on that for, like, a half an hour and, like, did I forget who I am? What the heck am I talking about? No, I'm doing it. You know, it's like, I almost had to like snap out of it. Like, who am I? That's not me. And I'm just like, never mind, I'll be there. That's, <laughs> it's it's, like
0: that's, that's that, that's that thing I talk about with the boxers, right? Where they go down that one time and they could, they are like, it's just too yeah. hard. And then it gets too hard. And that's, the, that's that one thing that, it, that, um, you know, I've seen it since I was younger because I've watched it so much. And that's like, I don't know. I always, always use that as cause it's just like the highest, it's like the highest level of of mental pain and, and suffering is, is the boxing. Right. And so that's what I was talking about. Those, those guys and they go down the first time and it's cause it gets hard. And then all of a sudden they just keep going down and you're like, no, Slippy you gave slope. in, you gave in that one time. And now it's just a little easier to give in the next. And it's just a little easier to give in the next that happens with me when I had my, uh, my shoulder injury. The only time I didn't work out in my life was that six months when I had that little shoulder injury where I should have went to the gym months earlier but i it took instead of me being off the gym for two months i was off for like six you know and and it was because i just was giving i just couldn't get back in there i couldn't get you know and, and i i appreciate that i went through that because now i know how hard it is for people to get back into it but also it was like man that was weak of me you know it's like i can't believe that was that, i can't believe that was me right you know and um I, I can't even imagine that these days right and it's like just like you you're like i don't turn off a, i don't not do a podcast. Yeah. Like who am I? I forgot who I was for a second. Yeah. And we all, (laughs) I think it's good to know, like maybe you're in that moment right now. Maybe you're having that weak moment right now. It's okay. We all went through it. Um, whether it was, you know, 10 minutes or 30 minutes, like actually, or four months like me, like everyone has those moments. Maybe you're having a bad off season right now. And you're like, man, I can't snap out of it. Um, I know how hard it is to get back in there. You know, it's not easy to go from not working out to back into working out and and getting that mindset right again it takes some time you know it's going to take some time of forcing yourself to do it and maybe if you're someone who's not able to like commit to those plans like you always want to or you're missing workouts like you you shouldn't be just make that commitment make that time that you say every day at this time I'm going to do this and then you just do it you know um Friday I had that I had a moment like that on Friday Friday morning you know um where we do you know I so i I spar with with Nader every Friday, and he he he's like a super high level guy, and he beats me up every Friday and every every uh, Wednesday. There's kind of no way around it. I just there's, I'm not gonna win with this guy. He's super high level, and it's like, man, I really don't want to go in and get my ass kicked on Friday. Like it's just kind of you know. And then I like after the first round, it was like you know, okay, I'm happy I'm here. You know, I'm learning. You know, I'm, yes. I'm all of, the point is I'm learning. But it's like I had to force myself, mm-hmm. and so um, but usually that's how it goes. Like in the gym, you go to the gym. And you're like, oh, I don't want to be here. And then like four sets in, you're like, okay, I'm glad I'm here, you know, yeah. that type of thing. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. So that was, that's a, went on a different right there. But okay, back to my question.
1: Yes. What personality trait or quirk do you think makes you like successful or got you to where you are today?
0: Um, you know what? I have a, so one thing that I think isn't necessarily a, that isn't necessarily always a positive because it's caused me a lot of problems in my life too is I'm hyper obsessive about one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's always that, it's always been that way. And it's funny is that when I uh, talked to my friends like growing up with, I had a couple of them are like, none of us were surprised that you got to this level of success in doing what you did. Because anytime you did anything, it was so obsessive and it was so unrealistic for anyone to to like train as much as you, to do as much as you with it, that it just made sense that you're gonna get good at it. And so whether I have a natural talent at certain things, whether it was hockey or or whatever I was doing, um, it, or it was just hard work, I really don't know because I never gave myself the option of figuring that out. I don't know if it was talent that got me high in hockey. I don't know if it's talent that got me high here. I think that it's it was an a, a, a uncontrollable obsession of wanting to know everything about it, about being as good as I possibly could, about doing every single thing I could, Um to reach that master level, right of it, and I think that that's something that, one, I will definitely say it hindered a lot of my life too. Growing up in in school when I was playing hockey, I didn't have any friends. It was just like hockey, that's it, hockey, hockey, hockey. There was like literally nothing else, and so it was hard to have relationships and stuff. And then as an adult, you know, as a coach, like you know that's kind of how it was too. Like I was obsessed with the team and obsessed with learning and obsessed with getting better I just wanted to get better and better and better. And it's this like unsatiated, unsatiable um, desire to get better and master this and, and mm-hmm. become the best that it consumed me. Unfortunately, it still does. I'm better at managing it now. Now I can, I'm, I try to like step back and be like, okay, um, I've kind of done what I needed to. I kind of want, I don't, but it's, that is something that I don't know if it was just born in me. Um, but my, it's something my friends all were like, yeah. There's, you know, we all knew that something like this was going to happen. Like mm-hmm. whether it was pro and hockey or pro and coaching or pro and whatever. Like we all knew, and it's, um, so. But they're always at the same time. They're like, we just want to make sure you met, you balance your life, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like you know, oh, so. the word balance.
0: We gotta love that. Love that's that a, that's the thing. It's <laughs> like you know, you gotta find what what makes what's your thing that makes you tick, right? Yeah. And for me, um, and I have to be careful that nothing gets obsessive too. Like even with. Like this, like the boxing and stuff that I'm doing, now, I have to be very careful that it doesn't. Luckily, it has a it has a, a, a high injury rate of like if you keep trading it, you you just don't feel good, you know. So yeah. there's that. Um, but I don't, I never wanted to take over my like my love for this because I I shift. That's something that's a weakness of mine too. I'll shift intent, I'll shift focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's like I don't want to do too many other things because I can shift focus, and then I just the next thing you know, I'm in the zone of all I want to do is this. So, yeah. but this is the. For me, coaching is the one. Um, I told Kimber this too. This is kind of, I guess, t- probably telling this is more like personal. I don't really talk about these things, but in like hockey, you know, um, I got to be one of the higher rated. I was actually the highest rated uh, in in well, there at that time it was roller in California. I got to be the highest rated at my age in roller hockey in California, right? Which is really cool. It's really hard in California. It's huge, and it was like the roller hockey capital, right? So. That was cool. That was, like, the best I've ever did. And then, you know, um, we kept excelling, kept excelling. But I never got to, like, that world championship level. You know, I never got to the world championship. I never got to the pro. I played one, like, pro roller game, got beat up in it. And then, um, so, like, there is the last thing for me to be, like, the best at something. Like, my last opportunity to be the best at something is this. Mm-hmm. And I, I sit on that all the time. I'm like, that's why that what keeps me really focused on this. And now you know, 20 years of like focus on this plus where I'm like, I can still be the best at this. Like I can still be one day be a name that's remembered in this thing. This could be my legacy type of thing. So that keeps me going now more than anything, you know, cause there's nothing, there's nothing really else to get that. I want to get a couple Olympia titles. I want to get like be, I want to have be like named in the best coaches there ever was type of thing. I want to mm-hmm. be in that talk, that talk, at least in bikini. And so, um, that keeps me going too. Now, you know, that's something that I think that having that goal and holding on to it, even though there's no way of, of, um, quantifying that, you know, you can't really quantify it because there's just too many different variables to quantify who could be the best. But, uh, I think, you know, I just got to keep going and keep going and give it my all and study and get better. And then that will be my one way. And that's what's something that keeps me uh, excited about this every day. Because it's like one more day to get it. You know, I wake up, yeah. I say, you know, I, th- I thank God for another day when I wake up. And then I, like, thank God that I can do this as my job every day, you know, mm-hmm. and get one inch closer to being recognized as the best one day, you know. So that's that's my why, I guess, now.
1: That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that as well. Like, um, I think... What really sets you apart from a lot of other coaches is, like, your enthusiasm for the sport, you know? Um, I – when I get interviewed and stuff, they'll say, like, what's, like, great about what you do or what sets you apart. I will say he gets just as excited as me about, like, shows and stuff, you know? I think, like – it speaks volumes when somebody's like enthusiastic about their job, even when they're off clock, you know what I'm saying? So I could have a conversation with you on a, on a Sunday or whatever, and and we can talk about the sport and it's not even like you're on the clock. So you enjoy the whole, um, sport, whether it's work day or not, you know, and you, um, you definitely get so excited. I love that. You're, you're very passionate. And, um, I think it makes a big difference from an athlete's perspective to have like a coach that's just as excited as you are about it. Like, you know, it helps, helps the mood. It really puts like me in like a good mood. Like, you know what, this is fun. I'm having a good time because, you know, I think that's like, if you're like looking back at like your experiences and stuff, you can get excited for yourself for sure. But to have somebody else that's super excited for you as well is pretty incredible.
0: I uh, I do I, it's a God it's so fun what we're doing right now you know it is fun I never you know if we could if I could stop time I would do it now like I'd be like this, I don't I can't imagine it being better than right now you know and so um, I mean I got we got everything going we have good relationships we have you know that we're we're competing you're setting records we're having fun doing it it's not like this mundane stressful repetitive half to thing you know yeah. it's like we're having fun you know and it's like it's a it's a good time so i hope you know everyone out there who's who's doing having you know doing your competition like just remember to take that time of the fun because there's going to be times where it sucks you know she's not going to sleep sometimes and it's going to have her crank day right <laughs> it's gonna be like, but like that's that's just part of it you know i have i have girls or whatever that'll dm me or email me and they'll be like yeah i'm just really hungry and i'm like you know you gotta learn to enjoy that because there's no way around that it's just the way that you're gonna have to it's just part of it you know but if you can learn to love it and learn to um understand that you're you know you're blessed to even do this do these things it's, uh, it it changes everything, you know, quite a bit. And, um, I, I do appreciate that too, that even the, the win, like any win is the same level of win to you. I mean, Mm. obviously an Olympia win would be, would be crazy, but the, the, all the other show wins though, the, like the way it hits you, it's like,
1: yeah, they're also very important. Yeah.
0: It's like, and it, I think people don't understand that because I don't know. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I'd be the same, you know, with, with so many, with so many wins that you've had, but it's like, you could see the expressions on your face and it makes me happy. It makes me like tear up every time. And I'm like, you know, good for her. Every time you yeah. win and we hear that, that uh, second place number, whatever, and it's not you, you know, and you, we hear it and we're like, and I see you and you're like, you could see that just moment of that moment of utter joy. And you're yeah, just like, like, like whoo, yes. okay. yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it's like a, it's like that. That is, um, you know, they talk about this feeling. It's the closest I, I'll get to it, I think. But they talk about this feeling of like the WWE wrestlers when they come out, and they come out to this stadium, and they're leaving the they're leaving the hall, and they're like in this audience. And the audience comes out, and they're like, they're like that is such a drug to them. Like they can't, they once they leave WWE, a lot of them go to like drugs because they're just trying to get that that euphoria of like coming out and whatnot Mm. right and it's just such a problem that they get so used to they just get addicted to that to that like it's almost like a drug feeling they say i
1: would have assumed it's like from the pain medicine (laughs) because yeah they're beat up up those guys holy crap yeah and they're
0: older too a lot of them it's crazy Uh, well anyway i don't want to make assumptions yeah go ahead (laughs) but that feeling of when they're announcing those second places like that that rush i get when you're they're doing it my heart rate's up (laughs) like I'll start sweating like it yeah. starts when it starts about fourth when fourth about fourth place when it starts it starts, it starts you say but up put up put up but up up second place <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then first place is like <sighs> bum, bum. <laughs> it's so it's so it's such a rush every time and I'm like oh man that's a, that's a yeah it's a, it's a, but it's it's fun but it's a I, I love that part of it too it's such a it's yeah. such a rush or that first call out at a big show or how the movement's going. Like those are happening yeah. all day. You know, I think that's why I get so tired the next day. I don't oh, know what's, yeah, what's going on, but the next day I'm like, I don't understand. I'm not competing. I'm not eating differently. Like yeah. <laughs> but I'm so tired on Sunday. So, um, other traits, other traits that you think have helped you in your, um, in your success.
1: So I'm going to kind of combine these two. I I'm I think I'm very realistic and I'm very self-aware, which I don't, is that against the rules yes. to say you're self-aware? Because if no. you're not like, you know, yeah, kind it. of like saying, so this might be the equivalent of somebody saying I'm humble. Like, are you, if you say it, so <laughs> kind of like, I don't know. I, I think I'm self-aware personally yeah. and I think I'm realistic and I uh, I know you're a little more optimistic than me and I'm a little more like. Well, statistically speaking, uh, my chances here and I don't know if I can do this. So I'm kind of like a, maybe to a fault, too realistic sometimes. Um, But I do think at the end of the day, it's more of a benefit rather than a negative because it keeps my, um, how do I say it? It keeps me from being discouraged or disappointed if things don't go my way, you know? So if I kind of go at it from a more realistic approach, I kind of, can have a better understanding and idea of how things might go if things go well, you know. Um, but again, there's so many surprises; you never know where life's going to take you. But I think for the most part, I'm pretty, pretty dang realistic.
0: Yeah, I would say realistic to a fault, right? Sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. The only the, the I and this is something that um, you know, even Tarek has said right before one time. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was like, Tarek, it's like you're you're the most winning ever and you should be on that stage. Like, this is my stage. This is, that. right. I
1: don't think like that.
0: (laughs) Right. That's, 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 you gotta love Tarek. Can you imagine if I had that
1: kind of personality? I would get a little tired of it.
0: I would get a little tired. So
1: like my ego was just out of this world. Uh, Like, no, I am I got this. This is mine. Why'd you even show up? This is mine. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. That's how Tarek was like explaining to us. So somewhere in between, somewhere in
1: between. Maybe more on the realistic side. You're
0: more, you're more on the realistic side. So, but yeah, I do think, that that would be um you're yeah you are realistic but I don't think it ever hurts you on stage that's the is it doesn't hurt you on stage but uh yeah I think that you have done some pretty amazing things and you you could you could uh have a little bit more of that in you mm-hmm. that more of that hey no this is this is this is mine I am the best there ever was you know that type of thing but I understand that's not you you know but it is I I get it and I see both sides of it and um I that's as long as your real your re- realisticness is never going into self doubt, which it doesn't, so um, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> I just try to keep it real, like a banana peel.
0: You keep it peel. You keep it real, like a peel.
1: <laughs> yes. So, Adam, what do you think is another trait that kind of helps you?
0: Um, I think that there's, you know, a lot of this comes down. So here's the thing: a lot of the success you're gonna have in life. And a lot of the success you're going to have on stage and in the gym, it just comes down to sheer will and sheer um, accepting discomfort. And I think that that's a that's a trait that some people are born with and some people need to sharpen. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I've been very good at that. I've been very good at having will and discomfort, but it's not really coming from a place of I have to have Better will and I have to have be able to deal with the discomfort better it's a point of not even really recognizing that I need will or discomfort and just doing it
1: Mm, so you're like on what is autopilot it's
0: autopilot but it comes down to me and then the reason that it's it's on autopilot is because of my competitive nature I actually do better when someone's better than me than when I'm on top and I've noticed that on a couple occasions I I need someone to push me Mm -hmm. I need a you know who is it uh Luke Skywalker needed, right. (laughs) Darth Vader type of thing. I need my Darth Vader, right. I need that, that person out there to push me because if someone's just a little bit better than me, then it makes me so mad. And it's not something that I have any control over or anything, but it's like in a happy mad, right. It's like, I'm not like, like furious. I'm just like, damn it. That guy got me. And like, he shouldn't, why am I letting him get me? Like, why am I letting that coach outperform me right now? You know? I I like and I, I think to myself I'm like I know for sure if I try just as hard or harder I'm I'm better than that guy if if we had the same people we have the same exact two people genetically everything I will outperform that guy seven days a week so why is he outperforming me this weekend right and that stuff sits with me and it keeps me up at night and it makes me makes me kind of crazy sometimes and it makes me so mad even though I'm friends with all these guys, right? The guys mm-hmm. who are, especially the guys who do beat me. Like, I'm super good friends with them. You know, I'll text them all day. I don't even text them, like, when they do it. Like, I'll be like, you, whatever. <laughs> like, we're screwed me up this weekend or whatever. And then we'll, like, he'll send me back laughing faces or whatever we'll, like, do, it's like a joke. But, but we really do. We need, you need that person to, like, kind of push you. And um, that's what makes me able to deal with discomfort mm-hmm. and makes me have the will because it will drive me crazy if they outperform me again, you know? Yeah. And so I have to have my wins they have they're gonna have their wins there's no way to win every single time but it's like that um yeah it's just a, it's just a, a, a to, to win is just a thirst that can't be quenched for me you know mm-hmm. I just can't win enough you know right I'd have to win everything all the time always forever and it still would be like I would still live in paranoia of someone about to beat me you know yeah. <laughs> like that was close yeah. damn it you know so it's like uh it's ultra competitive nature I've had. I don't know why I've had it, but I've just mm-hmm. always had it. It's just so tenacious. And yeah. like and like even when I was growing up, my mom was like, you know, you gotta let your gotta let your cousins win or whatever. And I was like, No, they what gotta is that? I was like, I was like, No, they gotta earn it. Like Yeah. You should, you should take it easy on this guy. He's just you know, i like, No, he's gotta earn it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those one of those things where it's like, uh Yeah, I don't know. It, it you know, getting there's nothing wrong with being competitive. Um you can't take over though. I would be careful with it because it can make you obsess, and, and that was the problem with I did with this fitness thing is I took it so seriously for so long. And I still do. Of course, I can't, there's a point where you can't not think about anything else. And that's the, and that's where it's like, okay, this might be a little problematic, you know, i 40 years old. I'll still single. <laughs> like I'm probably every relationship's been ended because of fitness. I'm like, I should probably like find some balance at some point. You know, and then Luckily Kimber came in and she's a like, really good balance because, uh, you know, she works with me in this and we get to talk when we talk at home, we do get to talk a lot about fitness stuff or her mm-hmm. client stuff. So it's like the only way for me to really manage the my life is to have right. someone involved in it too. There's just no possible way to like, uh, an outsider could, I even understand what I'm going through on trying to win. And, and if I have a weekend where I have, like, a rough weekend, like, she'll, like, console me or whatever. Like, even when I do well uh, and I didn't get everything. Um, like, USA's last year, we didn't win that. I thought we had the title. You know, with you you had it as as well. And, um, and I well, was I like – Well, I wasn't competing in USA's, yeah, just yeah. to
1: clarify, because it made it sound like client, did,
0: a client a, just... a client, <laughs> she did, she did. We helped with the peaks <laughs> and whatnot. I was, it, was, it was fun. I was like, I can't. I was like, man, we were so close to that one. I was like, I don't understand – you were so close to that, and she's like, "You'll get it next year." It's like it's like a thing. Like, there's just certain things that I I, I want, even if I get it before, and um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just that's a big part of it. Being competitive is is it drives you, you know. Being competitive, and you're super competitive too, um, in a more caged way. Caged. but <laughs> I would yes. say. Yeah, and, but you're super competitive, and I think that that's um, helpful for you too and mm-hmm. your success. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the next one, honestly, I think it applies to both of us here, um, but maybe more so to me because I'm I'm a girl. I think one of my pluses that kind of helps me with my success is I'm, I would say I'm, I'm emotionally stable. I am. I I, I cry twice a year, guys. <laughs> and when I do cry, it's because I didn't sleep and I'm cranky. But I think it's pretty good for a girl. But emotions you know, they can really take over sometimes for people. And um, it can kind of be a distraction from, you know, whatever goal you're trying to do. Because whether we like to admit it or not, our sport is very, like, mental as well, right? And when your mental is off, you're not going to be able to perform properly. So I'm not sure what it is about myself that I'm, like, emotionally stable. But I, you know, kind of like we were talking about in last podcast, I separate, like, feelings from reality, you know? So, I think having that kind of helps me um with my journey,
0: yeah it's a I, I'm glad that you talked about that part of it because it's you know we talked about that last last week was the bikini cake to make a bikini cake and all the ingredients to make the perfect bikini cake is uh it's a lot of ingredients, and so many are not physical, mm-hmm. you know, so many are are mental I mean, I can't even. We talked about last week too, like how many Miss Olympias just dropped off? You know, how many girls that could have been Miss Olympia just dropped off? Mm -hmm. Because you are, you're going to run into those walls. You're going to run into those, those barriers where you're just like, I just can't get past this point. It might take you months. You know, Ashley went through it in 2017 when we started coaching, um, to early 2018. She just wasn't leaning out, you know, it was months, you know, it was, it was crazy. (laughs) And, um, but she stuck with it, you know, she stuck with it, kept going. So, you're going to run into those windows and you're those balls and you're going to need to find a way to, to, to burst through them. It might take you a little while, but I think that everyone needs to understand that this is never going to be a smooth journey all the way through. Like as Ashley always says, like no one's no Miss Olympia has ever not lost. Like there's no one undefeated mm-hmm. ever in this sport. That's not a thing in this sport. So um, I think that that's a good, a good thing to take into it and, and understand that you're going to have to be tough because people it's, it's weird judging bikini especially bikini because it's, it's so not to a lot of people, it's not obvious who the winner is. Right. And there's a lot of reasons why this girl can win this girl can win. But also when you're being up there being judged and you're being told you're whatever fifth place, it's like someone saying your body isn't good. Right. (laughs) It's like, that's how people take it. Like it's, it's such a different blow than failing a test. You know, it's like, no, it's my body's worse than that person's. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you take it that way, then it becomes the impact on it is so negative. It could be, it could spiral out of control, you know, for, for people and become obsessed about it. Um, but the reality is, is there's a lot of ways to win bikini, even just, you know, presentation and whatnot. They different judges, di- judge different ways and things. So it's, it's tough to like say, Hey, just remember it could be anyone's day. And like, just accept that because you're sitting there, you just got fifth place and you're trying to be like, accept that. Cause coach Adam said, Oh, just accept it. <laughs> it's a, just a crappy reason to accept something. But it it's the reality of things. The, the sport is highly variable. There's a high, a high amount of variables, different judges, different posing, different lighting. I mean, everything. So just you're going to have to be really, really tough and work on that in this sport to be mentally tough with everything, with the hunger, with the food, with the judging, with everything. And your journey is going to have ups and downs and probably a lot more downs and ups. Um, and then once you start getting a lot of ups, then you're, then you'll be a little bit more consistent on ups. But for the most part, it's going to be, I mean, you, if you guys watch um, maybe, maybe you guys, some of you guys watch like the show reviews I do, you'll see girls uh, top five on top of the world the next week, 15th place, top four, 15th place, top three, 15th place. It's like, what, how, how does that happen so much in bikini? Right. And then that they win, um, you'll start seeing them, you know, first, second, third, first, second, third. And like, they fix fixed the problems. Right. So just understand that that's, it's tough. You're going to have to be tough in this sport. You're going to have to work on that, that mental toughness and, and yeah. Being, um, what did you say? Self? I said
1: emotionally stable. Emotionally stable, yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: that's a skill on its own. You know, it's a skill on its own. So
1: yeah. true, true. So Adam, what about you? What's your next one? If you, I got some to add. If you ran out,
0: yeah, uh, I'd I'd be curious. I'd be curious of that. Um, one thing. Um, so one, you know, here's the thing. I like to, and this is one of your your things you talked about commitment to learning too. If that's, a, I can jump into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing. I was actually about to say that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you I really? was going to
1: say, you're not afraid to say, I don't know. And you're always willing to learn more. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So I, I swear, you read my mind.
0: Like, that's not, look at us. Look See? at it. There's so many See moments how good like I know that. you. We have so many moments that are weird and, like and that. And you don't
1: even know my middle name. Shame on you. Gene. <laughs> Yes, Ashley Jane. Ashley uh, Jane. Ashley Jane, get over here and e- eat that
0: rice. Uh, <laughs> rice. <laughs> carbs aren't carbs aren't going to kill you, Ashley Jane. So <laughs> 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 that's our. Um, so the the commitment to learning part, and I think that so the whole learning thing. I think that it's I don't know bodybuilding to me, especially bikini, is like an art form, and I've I've noticed that in any more than any other division, it's more art than anything. And the guys that try to do it technically are, they never really excel. It's always art form, art form, right? And how, how their eye is and how good their eye is. And yes, there's a technical side of it, the science side of it. But if you have pure science guys, they just never excel in bikini. It's like, you just don't see it happen, you know? And it's, and it's because they're trying to figure out a formula and it's like, that's, there's the first thing you do is you got to figure out there's no formula, you know? You have to really be willing to learn and willing to let go of some of that science and just trust your eye. And, and you got to train your eye more than anything if you're going to be good in bikini coach. It's, it's so important. And so there's not going to be a formula for that. There's not going to be a scientific reason to explain why this girl looks better that way and this girl looks better that way. It's just, it's just how, you're, how you've trained your eye. So for me, the learning part of it is, and that's a, a, one of the reasons I do a lot of these bikini videos um, I started doing, them. my eyes started getting better and better and better, right? And I started, I was like, okay, I need to keep doing these, even though there's times I don't want to do them. Like, I just, sometimes I just don't want to, I'm Elena's nose. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to film this. I got to study this. It's going to take me like three hours. Like, it's a whole thing. But then the benefit of it is my eyes getting better and better and better. So that part of it is something that when I recognize something's working, even though it's inconvenient and it's making me better, which is making the client better, then I need to keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is, like you said, if I don't know about something, never, ever, Never, ever, as a coach, try to fill someone with fluff and be like, oh, this is why. Like, just say you don't know, and you'll know in a day, right? Because you're going to figure it out in a day if you really care. And so um, that is, that's something that was told me way back when, and that's just something I was committed to. And so um, the other thing is with the learning and how it kind of started was when I was younger, I was like a really skinny guy and, you know, uh, you know, wrestling at 119, skinny, And, um, and so when I was trying to bodybuild, I was never just a genetically gifted guy. And so I knew, okay, the only way that I'm going to have any advantage over all these guys who are genetically gifted is going to be the, the science of bodybuilding and the reasons why. And if, and back then there was no internet, there was no YouTube or anything like that. So for me, it was like, okay, it's a huge advantage if I can take the time to learn these things better than anyone else, because I can have that as my own My own tools to outperform them. Since my genetically, I can't outperform them. Mm -hmm. I can be smarter, and I can and beat them that way. That's the only way I can beat them. I can work just as hard or harder. I can know more about the science. I can have that as an edge. And so when that became like a thing. And I worked in supplement stores at 16, you know, I would read every magazine, I'd read all the books, I'd read everything in there. And that's all I, with no customers, there, all you do is read because there's no internet, there's no phones. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy time to think about, like, if you didn't have that, you'd just be sitting there. So you had, that's I did, is did I read, you know, I read my stuff. So um, so that's where all the, like, it initiated and it just became a thing. And now that there's so much more information, it's just so nice to, like, be able to learn so much. Um, but at the same time, uh, I'll, I still don't consider myself an expert because there's just so many things I don't know still. And so what I try to do as a coach is I try to know as much as I can about everything, knowing that I don't know everything about anything. And so that's what a good coach I think should do. You should know as much as you can about your sport specifically. And then everything that goes into your sport, whether it be, you know, um, you know, f- like, like I had a uh, the other day on YouTube, I had a girl who's like a food specialist, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to know as much about that as she does, because that's what she does. Right. That's her thing, right? But she's not gonna know as much about competing as I do, because that's my thing. So, but I do need to still know about that. I still need to know a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. And enough to know, I still need to know enough about hormones, I still need to know enough about exercise science, and how this thing, I, right, but, I but there's going to be specialists in each of those that know everything about that, that I need to have you know, communication with and, and ask questions to you and have a good relationship. So a lot of it's been, you know, networking and building my, um, building my access to these people. And, and that makes me better because now I have them with me and with us type of thing. So it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. So being humble to the point where you don't think you know everything, being willing to commit to learn and really, be, uh, being able to know as a coach, like you need to have other experts in your corners that can help you because you're not going to know everything about everything, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. just, there's going to be situations that come up. Most are normal situations. Most are daily things, but there's going to be some that you just don't know about, you know, just like, you know, like that I was promoting those brownies and I didn't know they were way off. Right. I didn't know that, but I'm not, I'm not a, one, that's shady and I shouldn't have to know that. But two, is that is that, you know, um, luckily she was able to show me tests and help me with that and explain the different things on foods and how they're getting away with saying these things that they're they're not supposed to. So, yeah. So there, there you go. There you
1: go. Being <laughs> willing to
0: learn, being committed to learning, but also accepting that you're not the smartest guy in the room every time, you know, right. and there's, there's going to be people that knows more than you and learning from them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yes. So the next one for me is a little bit more of a quirk um, than a personality trait, but I am not so much a foodie. All right. Which I know is so strange because most competitors are obsessed with food. Um, but I feel like that's one of my strengths as a competitor. Now that's not to say that like, I don't enjoy food. Like I do. Food's nice. Food's good. I like my prep food, but I'm not like obsessing over when my cheat meal is after the show or something. You know what I mean? It, It seems like in comparison to other competitors, I'm much more, um, stable with food. I'm much more like, oh, it's a great thing. It's good, but I'm not, I'm not like, my happiness doesn't surround food you know, like it can be with some competitors. Um, So I find that that's definitely been a benefit. I didn't used to be that way, though. When I started competing in the beginning, um, I used to obsess over food and I used to love getting the Sunday newspapers with the the ads for the grocery stores. I would circle what I wanted and thinking about my cheat meal after the show that was in two months. Like I used to be one of those girls. And I feel like that's where most people are now is like uh, having that, uh, those cravings and just wanting to eat, eat, eat And me. Not so much. I'm very much like satisfied with my food that I have. And, you know, I, I don't really crave nachos and cheese. I'd much rather have my chicken and broccoli. Like I just, I'm happy with it. So I think that's helped me. That's good. Yeah. yeah. No,
0: I like, I like that a lot. And I think that that's something that grows with people too. Yeah. Um, you know, my first, my first couple of shows, it was, you know, I, don't, I, guess you'd, I, did, I guess you'd probably call it as, like, a binge, right? After after the show, just go and eat everything, first couple of shows. And, like, the third show, I remember I ate so much I threw up, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. And then after that, I just ate, like, something real small. And then after, like, 10 shows in, I really didn't want to eat anything at that point. I was just like, eh, I'll just do, like, my normal hamburger or whatever. It was, like, not even a big burger. It would just be, like, a simple one type of thing, which is, like, you know, totally acceptable and plans off-season type of thing. But it was never – um, it was never anything. I think that just, it just comes with time, mm-hmm. like of doing it so much. And I think after a certain point, you're just like, I'm just sick of feeling that way. And I think it's not the desire. It's the feeling. Yeah. The next day feeling and the after meal feeling. Like, is it really worth it? Like I want it, but is it really worth it? Cause 30 minutes later, I'm going to have acid reflux. I'm gonna feel bloated. I'm going to like my be worried that I lost my abs and be like psychologically thinking, man, I did so much cardio to get that. I don't really want to lose that so quick. And it's like, you add all these things up. You're like, it's really just not, just give me the chicken. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, you just get to that point. So hopefully a lot of you will learn that from, from well, I guess from my experience on that, <laughs> have you done that too? Are you oh, like, who hasn't, Okay, Adam? okay, who hasn't? From our experience and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's really not that worth it. It feels like it's worth it in the moment. And uh, there's this uh Trainer I used to have a long time ago named Pendart. He was, uh, he he told me this one time. I was, man, this is so, I was 18 when I was managing this gym, maybe 19 as a fitness manager for a 24 hour. And he was a trainer that I had um, working at that gym under me. And um, he told me this so long ago. So what is that, 21 years or 22 years ago? And I still remember it because it was so impactful. He said, "What?" he's like, what I've noticed is that most of, the people who have these big cheat meals, they don't really want the whole meal. They just want the taste of it. And whatever portion size they are given, they'll finish. So even if you had, like someone wanted a big cheesecake and it was like this big cheesecake and it's like this big thing and it's fun, if you gave them that or you gave them like a tiny cheesecake, like a tiny, like a one-eighth of that one, they would eat both of them and be just as satiated at the end of each one. He's like, so it's really just how much they're putting on your plate, and they just want that taste, period. So why can't we transfer that taste to a couple bites? Right. Because if that was all you're given, you'd be happy with that, right? right? yeah. And so um, I was like, that's a really good point because it it really is that way. You know, you have a donut Whether you have this huge donut like this, and it's fun, and it's, like, dumb, and you make fun. Like, you take a picture of it. You're like, oh, this donut's so huge, right? But if you have a little one, you're, the, you're not, like, less satiated with the little one, you know? And so – when I thought about that, I was able to kind of change my uh, mindset too a little bit of having just a taste of things now. And you do that too. You have like oh, a taste. Yeah, you know? I'm
1: much more of a sampler. Like in my ideal scenario, if I were to go out after a show or whatever, I would like everyone to order something different, and I like <laughs> pick little things just to try like I'm I'm a sampler for sure I I don't like big meals I just want to taste I want to see and my my taste buds get curious they want to see what it tastes like yeah <laughs> you know
0: that's that's what I and I, it's funny is I'll have um I go so I have all these like little like um Mexican candies at my at the house but they're all like have like one bite and then I put it back <laughs> so if you go to my my pantry it's all these like little Mexican candies that are like 20 calories are taken out. Like after workout, I'll take like a bite, like one bite of it. It's so it's so funny. Yeah. So they're all just just it takes me like forever to get through. Like those little like there's little chocolate bars. They're like called Carlos V, and they're like this. And I'll eat. it's only 90 calories in the whole bar, but I only want the taste. So I'll right. take. A bite—it's like twenty calorie bite or so. That I put it away because it doesn't do anything more for me to have the whole thing. Like right. it's just—I just wanted the taste, you know. Yeah. And so there's a whole bunch of them in the the house. And then your almonds too. Kipper was like, she's like, "That's a big bag of almonds." The almonds you gave me. Oh,
1: those little sample size almonds those uh, are adorable.
0: They're the best. Those almonds are so. Good. I'm like portion controlled. Yeah, I'm like, they're good, but they're like ten calories per almond. So I only do like a couple at a time.
1: Well, just do the bag. It's fifty calories. You have fifty calories
0: bag. each one. Yeah. Well, I know, but it's just a, I just—I don't need the. T- that's the thing is, I don't need the taste all the way right but for meals i want the whole meal but okay. if it's like an extra one almond <laughs> isn't that crazy i know but that's just how <laughs> it's weird right it's weird especially because i'm a bigger guy like yeah. i i only eat like little bites i'll get your little almond. i'll take two of them I'll, I'll fold it up and put it up
1: that's <laughs> funny because oh i'm like ah eh, the
0: calories i already got the taste i'm good you know so they're they're like Coated, they're not just all of it. Like it's a funny. It sounds weird now. It sounds weird. i but I do it. Whatever.
1: I mean, they're already small portions. That's why I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, the point of buying those ones because they're small portions. Yeah. But you're really reducing the portions. Man, I should have gotten you the individually wrapped <laughs> almond. <laughs> just wrapped. one almond in a wrapper. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Like, oh, this is one almond. But it's my
0: it's package. a good <laughs> thing to show people. Right? You can train yourself to just have the taste versus finishing it yeah. all through. And it's the same pleasure because uh, you know instead of just like just scarfing through it I'll eat it I'll enjoy it I'll chew it make sure I chew it right you know don't just scarf it down like my dog oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. like, just swallows everything she sees but yeah no and it, it, it works for me I don't know maybe that's just a trained that's a, a, something you could train yourself to do
1: absolutely is there any more traits that you find help you along the way to become successful or should we move on to the traits that hurt you um yeah I think those are
0: I would say the, the primary ones the top yeah. ones. Those are the know, ones commitment. I would have said for you too. <laughs> yeah, just
1: commitment. <laughs> I to would it. say like kind of like you talked about it too, but I also find like this could also be something that might hold you back. You're type A to Is it type A? Yeah. You're type A to a fault, like to where yeah. you always got to be go 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 and never like stop. Like never have like a do nothing day. Like yeah. you're just like always got to be doing something, got to be productive like 24-7, well, maybe, maybe not when you're sleeping, but always doing something every day. Like, you never have a day where you're just like, eh, I'm just going to relax at home and just it does hurt. do nothing.
0: It does hurt. It does hurt sometimes. Because <laughs> you have to do it seven. There's no, like, my day off aren't real day off, yes, you know? And yeah. so it's, everyone else would see it, and they're like, man, you you don't ever take it. You could be on the computer, like, at least a couple hours a day, even on, like, your day off. I'm like, yeah, dude, there's a lot going on here. we got a lot, of, a lot of people that depend on me doing this. And I think that the... uh that's one of the things you wrote down too is responsibility, you know, and, and the response, I take that with a very heavy weight, you know, and I take it very seriously. So, um, on like how the team works, you know, all the coaches, de- I always think of it as like, you know, if I didn't have this, so the coaches are, they really help me a lot here, you know, well, not just with the clients, with everything, but they keep me accountable too, because I can't relax because if I do, then they suffer for it, you know? Mm-hmm if I don't do the content, if I don't do the email inquiries, if I don't do the, you know, the payment update plans or whatever it is, you know, if I don't do those things, the coaches suffer for it. And that's not fair for me. I take that responsibility like as if it was like, you know, I don't, even, I don't know how to, I just take it very, very seriously. So it's, it's nice because it keeps me accountable to doing my job too. Cause I, I won't slack because of them. I have a loyalty to you guys and, and there's just no way I'll slack on that. But, um, but it also comes with this fault is, yeah, you work seven days a week, you know, but <laughs> I want to go see Kimber's family, but their way there, she's kind of like from a farm in in the middle of the country and they don't have that type of, you know, I don't know if I can do videos from their farm um, or whatnot. Cause it's, there's, you know, there's nothing really there. It's just like, a, it's a farm. And so, um, you know, I can't, I haven't been able to go out there and I want to go out there. So there's like things like that, you know, that do affect your life. And then of course, you you know, mentally, you got to be tough to work every day forever. <laughs> but but I, I don't know, I enjoy it still. I just get it done and then I don't think about it. And that's something that I learned from. Um, and I take a lot of the stuff I learned from very successful people. I listen, as you guys have heard too, I listen to a lot of, you know, Patrick David and Elon Musk and all these like top guys that are like the top in their field. And I learned from them. And one thing that um, one of the CEOs, I think it was a Chase CEO one time was saying, they were saying, how do you get so much done in a day? And he said, when I open an email, I answer it. It's like, that's the important thing. It's like, you don't think about it. You don't do this. You open the email, you make a decision, you answer it. Even if the decision is a big decision, you stick to that decision, you make it and you get done with it. Otherwise you'll never get anything done. Mm. And so for me, it's like, okay, get the email, open it, answer it, get it done. You know, just, and then ever since then I've been like, okay, don't let anything accumulate. Just do it. And if you do it, then you're going to be fine. If you don't do it then it accumulates, then you're like, oh, I got so much to do, you know? So yeah, so it's just learning tip. learning those things. So mm-hmm, yeah. Absolutely. Same thing with like morning cardio, you know, just do it. Yep. Get do it, it get out of
1: the way. That way you don't have to yeah. think about it and it kind of weigh down the rest of your daytime, right? Yeah. That's What you're always thinking about. Um, so I'm gonna go down my list of my many, many personality flaws and my quirk flaws there's so <laughs> many there's like a whole freaking phone book of it but i uh, i limited it to like six <laughs> my top six um i find with for me something i need to be aware of is i oftentimes bite off more than i can chew yeah um i am a big you know i always say like take all those opportunities while you can but man, sometimes I overdo it, and then I end up overwhelming myself. Especially if it's like before a show, and like, oh, this awesome photographer wants to shoot this and this and this, and I'm like, yeah, sounds great in the moment. And then I realize I'm in the moment, and I'm like, I'm like, I just need to chill. Like I just overbooked myself. So that is one one of my many uh, flaws. Um, and I'll just go down the list. I remember
0: that. I will give you guys insight into that. Luckily, you've been better at it lately. Yes, you've been you recognized it. But I remember your 2000. 18 Olympia, you had, you were on your feet for 19 hours before the Olympia, the day before yeah. the Olympia. 19. Yeah. Not good, not good. <laughs> yeah. And when you're on your feet for 19, you're not e- eating as well. You're not getting your water in as much. You're sweating more. You're, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy to manage it for a big show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember, I remember that. I was like, you always, is it always like this. for you? <laughs> the, yeah. You're like, yeah, you got this photographer, this showing, this booth, this, that. I was like, man, this is crazy. So yeah,
1: I just, I guess I don't want to let people down either. And I just want to like, you know. But uh, yeah, I have been better with it and just kind of limiting my commitments, especially before a show, so I can focus on the show and I'm not stressed and have a little downtime before I compete. So have been better at that, can still do better. Um, also I would say I'm a morning person to a fault. Um, meaning like if it's not done in the morning, my phew, it's probably gonna be fifty percent intensity workout, you know? If it's if it's in before noon, I'm like, okay, I'm good, I'm good. But the longer I wait, the more uh, the more I lose my motivation. And I think some of this is mental too, but I definitely have more energy in the morning, but sometimes let's be real. I can't work out in the morning, depending on the scenario, if I'm traveling or whatever. So I need to be better at like being like, you know what, it's 2 PM, but I'm still going to kill this workout. Cause I think some of it's like a mental barrier. Cause I've convinced myself I'm a morning person so much, which I definitely am. I work, I wake up at like 3 AM without an alarm clock. <sighs> crazy yeah um not precise with food and uh this is one of the scenarios if you're my client listening do <laughs> as I say not as I do I don't I my my food scale's been broken since 2018 I just eyeball things it hasn't really hurt me yet though I mean I find that it hasn't really been an issue but it could be better for data purposes um so I could be better than that but I don't want to be <laughs> also I'm a picky eater i you're really picky i am eater. a picky eater i don't eat seafood i don't like eggs unless they're sweetened like muscle Egg is so muscle Egg, you know muscle com slash team elite physique uh for a little discount on your muscle Egg. but legitimately that's the only way i can eat eggs and i'm not just saying that because i'm sponsored by them like it's the <laughs> only way i can eat eggs i don't like savory eggs i don't really like turkey oh no turkey no no Mm-mm.
0: you like legit Only like chicken. I don't like steak once in a while.
1: Steak is okay every once in a while, depending on how it's cooked. It has to be like well done, like crispy. Um, I don't like pork. Um, Yeah. Nothing under the sea. Let's make that clear. Nothing Nothing. that swims under there. No shrimp. No, no whale. Nothing. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know what you seafood eaters (laughs) eat. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm very picky. Very, very picky. So, I could have more options if I wasn't as picky. But then again, I'm satisfied with my, my food. But, you know, different por- protein sources every once in a while would be kind of nice.
0: You know what's so, funny? Yesterday I was thinking about you because I was, I did the, I had, it was so stupid. I, I didn't know, I didn't know it was going to be this stupid, but it was. So I was, I was trying to be like husband of the year yesterday. And Kimber always cooks my food every morning. Every morning since I've known her, she's cooked every breakfast for me. I don't think she's missed a breakfast. Even when she's gone, she'll cook like three of them. And I'm so spoiled, you know. Breakfast, it could be breakfast, lunch, dinner. She'll make everything all the time. Like she has no, are you like? If I, it's like it's great. It's it's a great thing. Which is it's just funny because I told my mom, uh, my mom and my family when I when I was like, you know how 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 much you ruin the the boys at our family because we just sit there growing up with just women feeding us the whole time. <laughs> like real life isn't like that, you know. And they're like, no, you'll find someone who to take care of you like that. I promise. It's like real traditional. You know, Hispanic family, like you, it's just, it's so bad. It's really bad, but I didn't know any better. I was like eight, you know? Anyway, so she, she takes really good care. So I'm like, I'm going to do, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to do this whole thing for her yesterday. And I was like, I'm going to, uh, so I bought, she likes shrimp. So I bought shrimp. I was going to barbecue shrimp. I made homemade tortillas and all these things for her. Right. I was like, no, I want to do it all for you. And then I bought two pounds of shrimp, but I didn't realize how much work goes into that. And there, you have to de-peel everything and then you have to de-vein it and then you have to like de-poop it. Each one.
1: De-poop it.
0: Yeah, you cut it and take the little, like, intestine thing out of the back of it. So there was, like, two. So I was sitting there for, I don't know, an hour and a half, probably, maybe maybe two, doing this two pounds of shrimp making these shish kebabs, and I was just thinking of how gross this is, and I didn't know I got myself into this. I just thought you could, I honestly thought you just threw it on the the grill, at the shish kebab, like, right? Because I've seen Uh it before where they, at restaurants, you peel it off, but I didn't realize, like, how much was still being left in there, and so I was like, I don't want to do that to her. I didn't realize how much... Of this stuff was in there because I, I guess I'm just super small. I just buy it, you know, <laughs> at the restaurants. And then so I was like, oh, make tortillas, and that'll be the part where I make. But I was sitting there for two hours covered in shrimp guts yeah. and shell, and I'm like, this. If Ashley came in right now, she would vomit. Like yeah. she would absolutely vomit. It smelled. <laughs> oh. There was there was fish like this shrimp poop on my hand. It was so gross. Anyway, so I did it. And then Kipper kept coming over. She's like, I'll help you. I'll help. He's like, no, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be like. <laughs> You cook for me all the time. I'm going to do this. And so if I was just thinking of you. I was like, this is so gross. This is like...
1: Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, with every animal, that it, it's it just they, they didn't prepare it as much. But chicken, the same thing. Yeah. I like chicken. It's like my favorite meat, but... I'm sure it kind of gets gross when you have to cut it up. I too. guess, yeah. Good you thing I don't it have it. to.
0: Yeah, right. It's yeah. So don't yeah. Is shrimp de-shelling and de-pooping and deveining shrimp is not is not a fast process. No. Anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I would also say one of my um, quirk flaws is okay. I've been spoiled my entire life when it comes to training, so. I, in order for me to get a work, a good workout, I at least need a babysitter, <laughs> if not a trainer. So trainer, right? Thank God for Sam. Shout out to Sam Catlin, making sure I'm staying on track. She trains me. Um, but when she's not, it's hard for me to lift myself and not have a good work, or it's hard for me to get a good workout if someone's not. At least they're holding me accountable, at the very least, so I think that comes from just, like, my years of gymnastics and track. Like I said, I've always had a coach watching over me do this, that, that, that. And it's kind of, like, a flaw now these days because now I'm, like, I don't know. Not that I don't know how to train. I know how to train, but it's just I can't get in the zone as much if somebody's not there looking over me, at least.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's pretty common, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, not to the extent of where you do it. Because you do it, like, five days a week, right, coaching, uh, training, five days? Five days, yeah, so that – that's, a, that's an awesome thing that you can do that though. But, um, I think that that's normal because when I worked out with, when I work out with a trainer, i work out so much more intensely. Mm-hmm. Like it's so much, it's such a different workout, you know? So, um, I think that's great that you've recognized that and yeah. that you've solved that problem too. Um, but you know, you did work out pretty decently. You worked out pretty decently before, uh, but yeah, your intensity level. And that's, a, I think that you could attribute that to your growth over the last, you know, especially the last year and a half, yeah. your intensity of workouts have gotten you know, really, really high on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. it's well, it's a good investment that you've been making on that time-wise. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm really happy that Sam is here all the time for that too.
1: Yes, thank you, Sam. Shout out Sam. Yeah, she's
0: getting busy with her, people who want to train with her. It's I
1: see why. Yeah. She's the best. <laughs> um, okay, so we got a little bit of time left. So mm-hmm. rapid fire, Adam, what are some uh, personality traits or quirks that's holding you back these days?
0: I would say the overcommitment to... And I think that a lot of people can do this too. Um, the overcommitment to this, the obsession, the obsession stage of it, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no way to do this at the level that we do it at without being somewhat obsessed with it. There's just, right. I mean, honestly, anyone that was doing like saw what we did in this daily, they would be like, man, you've done that every day like that for, for how many years? Like that's, you know, we don't do it in 16 week periods. You know, this is not a, this is not a, a, a vacation. We're not touristing fitness. We are living fitness at an extreme level. And so I will say, with that becomes the the you can crawl down that like rabbit hole of fitness, and you just get stuck in that hole, and mm-hmm. there's just nothing else, you know. And so that was be that would be my my probably my biggest flaw was like just kind of um, not having relationships with anyone, like whether it's friends, mm-hmm. even family, whatnot. And it's just all fitness all the time. And it's all it was, and that's like my baby. I mean, been married to fitness for you know, for for, uh, for my whole life, basically, you know. And so that making, making room for and recognizing that I think was one of my biggest flaws. And I think that some people go through that and I will say it's not too hard to do it. If you just focus on doing it, you have to recognize that you're doing it. You know, I have to go home, make sure that you're giving time to, to other people and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're doing things, you're returning texts, you're, you know, calling your mom, like you're just trying not to let it fully obsess and, and take over your life because it can do that. And it. And, and then in some ways, you kind of have to do that to be good at it, you know, because there's so many people who are trying to be good at it. You kind of have to put that extra effort out to be that good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say that's one thing that I've done is is uh, a really bad trade is just let it just be OK with that, you know, being OK with being obsessed with it and being OK with it, isolating me and being just just, you know, for years just alone as a coach. and. My, you know, and like just focusing on it and it being my only thing. So you could do that as an athlete too. You could do your prep and just like isolate everyone and push everyone away. Um, But, you know, one day you're going to keep pushing people away and they're not going to be there anymore. So you have to, you have to be, you know, have that, be a little bit more balanced on that. I learned that lesson. The, the took me a lot of years to learn that lesson. So that would be the one thing, you know, just, just it taking over all priority of my life, I think, is a, is a a positive and a negative.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I would also say you have like this, quirk where you leave like drinks drinks half consumed around (laughs) everywhere and i'm just thinking you would be so much more hydrated and your brain would work much better if you're hydrated if you drink the whole thing yeah
0: what is that (laughs) i don't know what is that though
1: i'm just teasing it's not a big deal what is it though it's so he'll leave drinks everywhere half drink i used to clean up after it by drinking the rest (laughs) um but then I just gave up. So. It's
0: so, it's so bad. I don't understand why it's a thing, though. It doesn't even make sense. It's I just everywhere. I'll just go, I'll like walk out the gym sometimes and see like four. Like, like
1: oh, that's you. Adam was here. <laughs> was like, Adam was here. <laughs> it's
0: funny is I had one out the other day. I took my food out, had my drink out. And then I took another one out and then um, I left it on the counter. And then, so I had two drinks out, right? That weren't the same drink, right? They're ghost, ghost energy drink and then I was about to open the new one and then I saw this one it was still cold and then I told uh and then I, I I took it out I was like Is this mine to Kimmer. she's like yeah I'm like why do I have two of them she's like I don't know I was I saw you take the other one out. I wasn't gonna say anything I was like you're messing with me she's like she's like no I didn't I didn't that's yours <laughs> I'm like I'm like yeah, this is, is still is. cold. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, I wasn't gonna say anything." It was like, i was like, man, I do it so, so instinctually. It's yeah. so funny." I wonder
1: if you just had a gallon to carry around if you'd lose that too, because it's would... so big and like you only have one of them, <laughs> so, like a gallon of water. So to
0: all the promoters and everyone out there at these shows, when there's uh, a half-empty drinks left out, I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably leave three at your show at some Aww. point and it'll get one fully consumed drink by the end of the day.
1: That's, okay. <laughs> That's what makes you you, you know. <laughs> And good thing you have more good qualities than bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope this episode really got to get you guys to think like what's holding you back and what's helping you. Because sometimes it's good to get deep in the feels. We got deep in the feels today. Um, And kind of like analyze it. Because if you're aware of it, you can kind of avoid it in some scenarios or at least improve.
0: Yeah. I think that that was fun. I like that a lot. Whooped. Yeah. It's a, a little bit of a... Closer to the chest, one right to talk about what you think helps us tick and makes us more successful and and our flaws too. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything other ones that I want to leave off on, but I think that we got it. I think we did a good job. Heck yeah. Yeah. So what are your guys's f- guys? Yeah, we need to know. We need more tools and more topics for future. So maybe you have a good oh, one. Yes. You can leave in the comments. In <laughs> the comments. <laughs> anyway, with that, thank you guys so much for tuning in. There is a show this weekend in Vegas. So the Patriots we will be say. there. Yeah, there is. No way. Yeah, there's a show. Oh, man. I don't know if you knew that or not. There's a show oh, this Saturday.
1: I might want to participate. I don't know. Huh. Well, <laughs> let me think about that for a second. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is close. It's like, what, 20 minutes from here? No, less. 50 Actually, than from here 10, is 10 minutes 10 from the minutes gym. 10 minutes from here. I don't it's know. Park, we'll Park. We'll see what my schedule looks like. I might, might be able to pencil it in.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll see you there. I'll definitely be there. Oh, <laughs> bye, guys. Bye.